The world is your oyster, but the point is get some books, get some education, get some mentors, start identifying which of these asset types can help get you to your ultimate goal. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Hey, everybody, and welcome back. This is Travis Watts with the Actively Passive Show. First and foremost, you might hear a little bit of an echo on this particular episode. I apologize. I've switched couple different things around with the studio. I'm still trying to tweak those out and I don't have any furniture right now in, in front of me where you can't see. So it sounds a little bit more echoey. So apologies for that. I will get that wrapped up here shortly. So what we're talking about in today's episode is basically this. There's five things that I want to share with you that will help you ultimately align your investments up to your goals. Okay. Said another way, we're going to identify what goal or what goals you have. And I'm going to show you in five steps, how to align your investing to actually be able to achieve those goals. This is not any kind of BS hype. There's no upsells and programs. I actually just want to give you value for value right here in probably as short as 15 minutes, we'll say. So that's what we're talking about. As always, the disclaimers that I'm not a financial advisor, not a legal professional, not a tax professional. So please always seek licensed advice. I'm just sharing with you what's worked for me, what's worked for a lot of other people that I've seen firsthand. And my goal, as always, you guys, is just to make things easy. It's a complex world out there. There's a lot of noise. There's a lot going on. Let's just get right to the point, though. Let's eliminate the 99% of the distractions. Let's focus on the 1% of things that actually work. That's what we're talking about today. Thanks for tuning in. Without further ado, I'm going to dive right in. So first and foremost, step number one of all five steps is simply to write down and identify what your goal or what your goals are. Now, there's two general types of categories here. You have lifestyle goals. That would be like in 10, 20 years, I want to have a beach house and a secondary home and be able to travel and have two cars and have 3.5 kids, this kind of stuff. So it's identifying, it's visualizing rather what you want your optimal lifestyle to look like and be like. That's one type of category to look at goals. The other is just financial goals, which are super straightforward and obvious. It's just, I want to have million bucks in the bank. I want to have 5 million in the bank. I want to have 10 million in the bank, whatever it is, or I want to have 5 million allocated to real estate investments or, or something like that. So I would say the latter goal of financial goals, not as strong. And the reason I say that is when you hit setbacks or hurdles or the economy shifts, you're more inclined to give up on that goal and just say, well, I thought I wanted 10 million. Turns out I only got five and then settling for less. It's a lot harder, emotionally speaking, to settle for less of a lifestyle, to go from that example of, I want a beach home and a second house and a couple cars to saying, whatever, I'll just live in a 600 square foot apartment and, and not have any cars and, and not have kids and not have a marriage. That's a little bit tougher emotionally. So I would say set the lifestyle goals if you can and just identify as clearly as possible what you anticipate trying to achieve. The more clear you get, the more you can think and visualize on that, the stronger those goals become, the more likely you are to achieve them. That's kind of how that goes in a nutshell. So that's step number one. 
If you want to take a note of that, physical note, if you're not driving or whatever, do that. And I highly recommend that you write it down. You can go through this episode right now audibly and then maybe re-listen later and write down your goals. But I always recommend writing them down. Okay. Now, number two, diving into the investment portion here is to identify whether a cash flow or a passive income strategy is the right kind of strategy to get you to that goal, or if it's more equity-based. So let's start with the financial goal example, if that's the kind of goal that you set for yourself. So obviously, if you said, I want 20,000 a month passive income, that's obviously a cash flow or a passive income goal. If you said, hey, I want $5 million in the bank, that's an equity-focused goal. That's the easiest simplified version. Now, to talk about lifestyle goals, it's a little more complex because it depends, right? You might say, I want my home paid off or my home's paid off. I want my cars paid off. I want zero debt. Well, that portion is going to be an equity goal. So your house on the beach is just making up numbers, 500,000. Your second home is 400,000. Your cars are 200,000. Just throwing round numbers. So maybe you need $1.1 million as far as equity is concerned to purchase those items. Now, the rest is probably going to be a cash flow goal because you're still going to have on those homes insurance and property tax and maintenance and upkeep and rehabbing them. Your cars are going to get old over time. You're going to have to replenish those. So you're probably going to need a little cash flow to live on additionally. So it might be a hybrid between the two. And I think for most people, that would be the case. You need kind of an equity and a passive income goal. On the flip side, my wife and I for years did the rental thing where we basically rented everything. So that was kind of interesting because we found out how to create a completely passive income focused lifestyle by just leasing and or renting where we lived and maybe even vehicles in your case. In our case, we paid our vehicles off, but you could definitely lease them. So in regard to that, you just want to figure out. So maybe that beach house rents for $4,000 a month and the second home for 2000 a month and then your cars for another 2000 per month. So maybe a goal of $10,000 per month in passive income could be your financial goal. But the point is for step number two, identify passive income or cash flow, income or equity or a combination of the two. All you got to do on that is simply circle one or decide. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes, but first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. I'd like to introduce you to my good friends over at PassiveInvesting.com, a private equity real estate firm based out of the Carolinas. PassiveInvesting.com makes it easy for you to start investing in real estate. They focus on acquiring institutional quality apartments and self-storage facilities with private accredited investor funds. They also have a real estate debt fund that offers hard money loans to local fix and flippers across the U.S., which currently has a 0% default rate. With a portfolio of over $700 million in assets and controlling over $250 million in equity, they know how to secure the best deals and how to avoid the red flags. If you are interested in learning more, please reach out directly to PassiveInvesting.com and request the free Passive Investing investor guide that outlines the seven red flags for passive apartment and self-storage investing. Visit PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags to download that PDF now. That's PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags. Mark your calendars for the best ever conference February 24th through 26th back in person at the Gaylord Rockies Convention Center. Join the experienced community and phenomenal speakers for a weekend of learning the best commercial real estate strategies, 
building relationships, and quite frankly, having a lot of fun. As a bonus, once you purchase your ticket, you are put into a mini mastermind group to start making connections with other commercial real estate investors immediately. Get the lowest prices right now at besteverconference.com. That's besteverconference.com. All right, moving on to step number three. So this one is identifying whether or not you want to be an active or a passive investor. So simply put, if you're a passive investor like I am, you are not materially participating in the business of what you're investing in. So a passive investor could be as simple as using an example that you invest in a publicly traded stock. Tesla, Facebook, Amazon, blue chip stocks, whatever it is, index funds. That's an example of being a passive investor. You don't work for those companies. You don't have any active involvement. You don't really have much in in terms of decision-making ability. You're just passive. I'm passive in real estate syndications where I let general partners run the show, find the deals, manage the business as I passively invest with them. The cons to being a passive investor are lower return on investment potential as compared to being active, which I'll talk about here in a minute, lack of control. And I would say lack of ever making it huge as far as financially speaking. Most people who are 100 million plus billionaires, all this kind of stuff were active in businesses that they started or investments that they made. So it's kind of Higher risk, higher reward, but also your time commitment, something to consider. So to that point, let's talk about active a little bit more. So active could be flipping homes, trading stocks, starting a business and running it yourself, being the CEO of a company, that kind of thing. As I mentioned, you certainly have more control. You certainly have more decision-making ability. And what you're really doing at the end of the day is you're paying yourself for your time, effort, and energy. So just to recognize that, I'll share with you, which I've shared a few times on the show, my story of when I got started in real estate investing, I chose to be active. And I did that because the higher return on investment, I was making pretty great annualized returns, but I was also doing a tremendous amount of work. And as I started scaling that out bigger and bigger, I ran into some scalability issues with that business plan. Not saying that you will, just saying that's what happened in my story. I later decided once I had built up some equity, I could actually be a passive investor, a hands-off investor and have enough cash flow to support my goals and the kind of lifestyle I wanted to live. So I guess put in a general sense, if you're starting from nothing, you're starting from scratch, you have very little capital to work with, perhaps active is something to consider and look into. Once you start building a nest egg, once you have a little bit of net worth, now it's time to maybe think passive or a combination between the two, perhaps. Again, not giving anybody advice, just recommending that's a thought or an idea that you might consider. Okay, now that we know active, passive, or a combination or hybrid between the two, step number four is identify what kind of assets can potentially get you to your goals. There's so many different assets to choose from. There's real estate, which we talk about all the time on the show. And even within real estate, there's single family and multifamily and office and hospitality and mobile home parks and self-storage. The list goes on and on. And then there's stocks, bonds, mutual funds. There's notes, there's ATM machines, there's private businesses, there's insurance products like annuities or whole life insurance. There's a world of investments out there. So start to identify which ones make the most sense. For example, with real estate, let's say in the sense of buy and hold real estate, 
you have a couple different ways that you make money. You could have cash flow as your tenants pay you every month. You might have equity appreciation as the property goes up in value over time and keeps up with inflation. Whereas let's say you did note lending where you're lending money out for an interest rate in return. You may not have any equity upside in a deal like that, but you might perhaps have stronger cash flow out of the gate. So again, we're tying this back to the initial things that we talked about in steps one and two. Are your goals cash flow or equity focused? Using the same example in the real estate space, maybe you're interested in investing in development real estate. That's more of an equity play, right? Where you invest 100K and hopefully in a few years, they actually build the apartment or whatever it is, the apartment building, and then they sell it for a higher cost than what it obviously took to produce that building. So the world is your oyster, but the point is get some books, get some education, get some mentors, start identifying which of these asset types can help get you to your ultimate goal. I speak a lot about the FIRE movement, financial independence, retire early, and a lot of people who are in that movement, they invest passively in index funds, which are publicly traded in the stock market. It's kind of like a, a pool or an index that owns a bunch of different stocks. And then what they do is when they're ready to retire, quote unquote, they withdraw about 4% of their portfolio balance to live on. So that's a whole different topic, different conversation, but just saying that might be right for someone in the fire movement looking to do that specific strategy. Other people may find that these other asset types are a better fit. All right, look at that. We're already on number five. Step number five is do the math. This is the funniest thing. First of all, I've said this before. I've said this so many times. I hate doing math. Math was the worst subject I ever had in school. I specifically chose a college degree to pursue that didn't require a math class. And a huge part of my decision was solely based on that, as crazy as that may sound. I hated math that much where it was either I'm not going to college or I'm going to pursue a degree that doesn't require it. So I chose to go <laughs> into this lighting design and live show production. And I was going to go tour with bands and all this kind of stuff. So kind of funny side note on that. But seriously, you guys, it's not that complex. I do this kind of math all the time. And I guess to be frank with you, I've always enjoyed practical math, like what's a 20% discount on buying a TV. I just never liked the advanced algebra the X plus Y divided by the Z with the question mark here and then see what's missing from that equation. So let's do the math. It's as simple as this. When we go back to steps one, two, and three, and we think, okay, I've got this lifestyle in my head and whether I'm going to rent, lease, or whether I'm going to own and pay everything off, I either have this equity or this cash flow goal. Let's go with the cash flow example. So running the math could be as simple as this. I need $100,000 per year in passive income. Okay. Well, if I start looking at real estate as an asset class and I say, yeah, that's probably the type of asset that might get me to my goals. And I find a piece of real estate that cash flows at 8% a year, then I just plug in the numbers, you guys. It's that simple. $1.25 million invested at 8% annually equals $100,000. Now, you may not do it in one deal like that where you're dumping a million bucks into one piece of real estate that does 8%. You might be diversified, but I at least would know I want to pursue real estate. I need a number like 8% a year in cash flow. And then I would go seeking these deals, whether that means actively or passively, so that I could piece that into the puzzle 
and pursue towards my goal of having $100,000 a year in passive income. Or here's the equity side of that. It's the rule of 72. I think I briefly talked about that with Theo months and months ago. But the rule of 72, if you're not familiar, is this simple, you guys. Go on a calculator, 72 divided by the anticipated annualized return that you think you're going to get out of the investment or that you did get out of the investment. So 72 divided by 10% a year on an investment means you will effectively double your money in 7.2 years. Now, of course, a lot of assumptions are built into that, that all your investments are going to do exactly 10%. Nothing's ever going to go wrong, but things could also exceed 10% depending on what you're investing in. So the simple math is that. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes, but first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Let me ask you a question. Do you want to start your own syndication business, or maybe you've tried, but you've been unable to get your first apartment deal? Well, it's hard. I know firsthand getting started in syndication is not easy. So have you considered working with a mentor? Imagine working one-on-one with a full-time syndicator who can help you do your first apartment building deal faster, help you avoid big mistakes, and scale your portfolio. If you feel like I'm speaking to you right now, then I want you to check out the mentoring program from my friend, Michael Blanc, who specializes in helping people get started with apartment buildings. I've known Michael for many years now, and he genuinely wants to help people become financially free. He developed a proven system and has helped hundreds of people do their first apartment building deal. I know he can help you as well. To find out more, text the word Joe. J-O-E, to 66866. I know Michael's going to take care of you. Go ahead and text the word Joe, J-O-E, to 66866. Do it right now while it's fresh on your mind, and let's get you started with your own apartment syndication business. Deals and money. We are constantly seeking deals and money as real estate investors, and I bet you're having a challenge right now, especially with deals, if you're like most real estate investors, because it's tough to find deals right now. But here's the thing. There's a competitive advantage out there that when implemented, it will help you accomplish your objective of getting more deals and or getting more investors. And that is having a great follow-up system. Having a great follow-up is one of the keys to success in real estate. And follow-up boss is the leading CRM for real estate. This is the system you need in place so you can reach out to owners and brokers directly for deals or you can follow up with your investors and you do it all in one spot. The CRM makes it 10 times faster to call and text owners, then integrates those into a software so nothing slips through the cracks. The follow-up boss conversion system and powerful management tools help align your methods and drive growth that otherwise it could have been missed and probably would have been missed. Go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever to get a system in place. And if you need help, they got you covered. Follow-up boss offers experts seven days a week. You can pick up the phone and speak to an actual human being anytime during business hours. Visit followupboss.com forward slash best ever to check out how much time you could save by streamlining your follow-up process. Best ever listeners, they're treating you extra special. You get an extended 30-day free trial, twice the length of the normal trial. For a limited time, go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever and perfect your follow-up. You could plug in a lower number. So 72 divided by eight is nine years. So every nine years, you would double your money. 
if your financial goal, going back to the previous steps, was I want to have a million dollars in the bank, and today I'm starting with $100,000 to invest, and you think the investments that you're going to go chase after might do 8% passive income per year or total return, however you want to look at that. I think 8% is kind of the historic stock market return going back about 100 years or so, something like that. But for example purposes, we'll just roll with the 8%. So your $100,000 that you're starting with could potentially turn into 200000 over the course of nine years if you were getting an 8% averaged out annualized return. And then the 200000 could potentially turn into 400000 And then the 400 k could turn into 800 k in another nine years, which is a total of 27 years, give or take. And then your 800K could turn into 1.6 million over the next nine years, because again, we're still doubling money every nine years with an 8% return. So it's a total of 36 year time frame. You went from 100K to 1.6 million. But what was our goal? Our goal was just 1 million in that example. So to get to 1 million, it'd be 30 years, give or take, 31 years, something like that. So again, all I'm trying to say here is run the numbers, run the math, guys. This can take five minutes and you will get a perspective on what your goals are, how long that might take. And I think there's just a lot of delusion. There's a lot of delusion, unfortunately, through marketing, through sales courses, the bad reputations of get rich quick, all these things that exist for financial products are obscure. That's what I mean. There's so much noise out there. If you just look at reality, if you just take literally time out of your year, take one week, take seven days. It doesn't have to be consecutive. Take a day here, take a day there, take one day a week for the next couple months. You can figure all this stuff out on your own. You don't need any special anything. You don't need to go spend a bunch of money. If you feel you need a financial advisor or something like that, of course, always seek license advice. But in general, I believe you right now listening to this podcast can do this. And I recommend that you at least go through it. Just humor me. Try it out. Just take 10, 15 minutes, write this stuff on a piece of paper and just start brainstorming. And I promise that will have a huge return on investment for you in the sense of just pushing you forward towards your goals, helping you clarify and identify what you're moving towards. A lot of people, unfortunately, I think get stuck in a career where maybe they work years that they didn't have to even work had they just sat down initially and gone over some of this stuff that, like I said, could take seven days to identify on average. Think how much you could do in 20 years if you had no work obligations of any type. If you could just travel, spend time with friends, family, do whatever you do. That's huge, guys. We can always get money back in life. We cannot get back our time. That's been one of my underlying messages to the world is passive income can help you free up what I call time freedom. That just means freedom over your time. Maybe that means retiring early. Maybe it means working part-time. Whatever it means to you, I think you'd agree with me. It's one of the most important things in life is not to squander our time and what limited time we have. And who knows? We might all, hopefully not all, some of us may pass away tomorrow, unfortunately. So it's never a guarantee that we have any time left. So I really try to look at maximizing time. That's why I'm making this simple episode for you. That's why I said... I'm going to cut the noise out. I'm going to take 15 minutes. I'm going to get right to the point. I'm going to give you five practical steps to identify your goals and figure out how to get there through investing. So in the spirit of valuing your time as well as my own, I'm going to cut this episode short right here. 
Thank you guys so much as always for tuning in. This is Travis Watts. This is the actively passive show once a week episodes. Thank you guys so much. I got a bunch of you that reached out last week, thanking me for that episode. Quite frankly, I don't even remember what that episode was. I have to go back and look, but apparently a good one. So if you didn't see the episode before this, go check it out. Thank you guys for tuning in. Have a best ever week. We'll see you next time.